I love, love to do communion. It's a wonderful opportunity to, to pause and to remember what Christ has done for us. Well, welcome to Ignite Life Church, Gold Coast, everybody. It's wonderful to have you with us. It's um, such a privilege to be pastoring at Ignite Life Church. As you know, for me, it's been a big change this year from full-time paid employment to full-time pastor at Ignite Life Church. And I would have to say, I am loving it. And I'm loving it mainly because of you, even though I don't see many of you face-to-face very often. I don't forget, though, that come the 12th of July, we will be able to meet down here at the church premises. And we're looking forward to that very much indeed. And you would have seen the progress we've made on uh, renovations to the building, uh, which have been posted in our newsletter. Uh, Meetings this week, tomorrow morning at 8.30, we have our regular Monday morning prayer. And uh, the details of how you can join us online for that are also in the weekly newsletter. So we'd love to have you join us if you can, even if it's only for part of that hour, beginning at half past eight in the morning. And as I said, don't forget, mark the 12th of July, Sunday the 12th of July in your diary, because we will be celebrating. No doubt about it. It's going to be so wonderful to be back together again. Well, folks, uh, last week, as Jeanette reminded us, we had um, a good friend, Craig O'Sullivan, talk to us about forgiveness. And uh, as I mentioned at the end of the service, even while he was teaching on forgiveness, I felt the Lord impressing upon me that there was an area in which forgiveness wasn't complete in my own life. And, and that's the beauty of these discussion points where, where, you know, God can actually move while we're in the place or while we're listening to something being presented to us by the pastor or by a guest speaker, as was the case last week. And uh, that, the recording of that discussion point is now available. You can um, have a look at that on, or listen to it on iTunes. And um, it's also available through SoundCloud. If you would like the, the video, just let me know and I can email you the details of how you can access the video through my Dropbox. So praise the Lord. It's a wonderful, wonderful morning. It's a little bit wintry. We've actually had heaters on in our house for the first time this winter. It's not because I'm getting skinny. I think it's because it's actually getting colder. But, um, you know, I I just love the climate here because uh, if we were living in Christchurch, we would have been using our heaters daily a lot sooner than this. Or Seattle, as Ainsley has just reminded us, yes. Um, Seattle, by the way, is on the same latitude north as Christchurch is south. So um, um, they're just preparing themselves for a little bit of cooler weather, I think, and much wetter weather than we have here at the Gold Coast. Well, you know, uh, God never fails to give me something to talk about. Now, I don't know whether you reckon that's a good thing or not, but the truth is, You know, I I just look to God uh, during each week and sooner or later, there's a topic that drops into my heart. And uh, sometimes perhaps it's something reflecting my own journey. Uh, Other times I think it's something which is specifically for other people. And you know, one of the things that makes us different from the world is the way in which we 
build our lives around the Word of God. You know, the Word of God is, is central to the Christian walk. And one of the reasons why we've been doing the Treasury Project this year is that when you put all of those Bible quotations together for the whole year, for the 52 weeks of the year, I believe you get a really good foundational understanding of what Christianity is all about. So we have our, our memory verse up for this week. Uh, and this is actually the 26th week of the year, I believe. So we're exactly halfway. From Romans chapter 12, it's a great chapter, Romans chapter 12. Verse 2 says this, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to discern and approve what God's will is, what is good, pleasing, what is good, pleasing, and perfect will is. Isn't that a great promise? That's one of those if-then statements that we read so often in the Bible. Um, earlier on in that chapter, and if you read through chapter 11, you'll see that the writer is setting you up. Uh, Paul is setting you up for this particular, particular verse. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. So don't, don't be like the people in the world. Don't go after the same things they do. Don't have the same thoughts they have. Don't speak the same words they speak. Don't undertake the same actions that they undertake. But be transformed. The Greek word, which is translated transformed, it's metamorpho, from which we get the word metamorphosis. That's what happens to a caterpillar when it becomes a butterfly. It's totally changed. It's no longer a caterpillar. It's a butterfly. The caterpillar can't fly. The butterfly can't chew. They're totally different. And this is what's being hinted at in this scripture. Become totally different. How? By the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? Well, you get into the scripture. You get into the word of God. You have that daily walking, talking relationship with Jesus that I spoke about at the end of our time of worship. And then it goes on to say, this will be the result. Then you will be able to know and to prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. How about that? See, the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. So we, we know when we're allowing ourselves to be transformed, as we have our eyes on the word of God, we can actually know what is his will, not just generally, but for our lives as well. So that's Romans 12 too, a great scripture to commit to memory. Well, folks, um, as I mentioned a little earlier today, I want to focus on gratitude. As I said, you know, God dropped this word into my heart uh, during the week. And I felt, you know what I want to do this, this Sunday, something I don't do very often, and that is read out a whole bunch of scriptures. So I've got 20 scriptures, some from the Old Testament, some from the New Testament, that are all about gratitude. Now, gratitude, if you like, is a, a, a sense in your life that you are thankful. There's something that you are thankful for. There may even be a lot of things that you are thankful for. So really, I don't have a PowerPoint presentation today. I, I, um, I don't have 
you know, long, flowery words of wisdom, if in fact I ever do, words of wisdom, that is, they might be long and flowery, but whether or not they're wise, that's for other people to judge. But I want to focus specifically on what the scriptures say about gratitude. It's pretty hard, isn't it, to hang around with people who have no gratitude, people who gripe, whinge, and complain. You can't do anything right for them. Their circumstances are never right. The world is always against them. The government is always against them. All their friends are always against them. All they can do is complain about their circumstances. If only they knew the truth is that their own words build their world, they might think twice. And one of the reasons why I have myself cultivated or tried to cultivate this, an attitude of gratitude over the years is that I know what I think and what I say and what I do, it actually creates the world for me. In fact, others have said, and I believe it's true, that the purpose of the tongue is primarily creation. You create your world by the thoughts and especially by the words that you speak. And what you speak, you will act out because body, soul and spirit are tied together. So I want to simply present for you some scriptures today, which I think will encourage you in this whole area of gratitude. So here we go. First one is way back to the old uh, prophet Ezra. Ezra chapter 3, verse 11. And this is referring to Israel. And it says, with praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. He is good. His love towards Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. I wonder how loud will be our praise when we join together here on the 12th of July when we can say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we're back together again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone said I'm too loud. I can't help it. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm not too loud. I'm excited. I do have a small audience here, a small and select audience. <laughs> but see, they were excited. They were excited because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Hallelujah. They hadn't even finished building it, but they'd made a start. And they, a shout went up, a shout of praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. Can we find something in our lives to give God a shout of praise for. Do you know what? For me, a pretty good start is that I'm alive. That's not a bad start. I'm happy to be alive because I could be dead. You know what? If I was dead, I wouldn't be here with Jeanette and Ainsley and Tamara and Evangeline and Abigail. I might be able to see them but I wouldn't be able to be with them. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Wow. You know, a lot of people aren't too grateful for life. Psalm 7, verse 17. This is David saying, I will give thanks to the Lord 
because of his righteousness. I will sing praises to the name of the Lord Most High. And you know, there was a time in his life, as Craig reminded us last week, when things were going pretty badly for him. You know, when, when his king, when King Saul was trying to kill him, he'd thrown his spear at him three times. He'd taken an army out searching for him to kill him. What does David say? I will give thanks to the Lord, not because of my circumstances, but because the Lord is righteous. I will sing praises to the name of the Lord Most High. Psalm 9, verse 1. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. How's that? I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. Wow. And he's done a lot of wonderful things. He's done a lot of wonderful deeds. Psalm 35, verse 18. I will give you thanks in the great assembly. Among the throngs, I will praise you. See, when he's out in the crowds, King David was so grateful. He simply sang praises to the Lord. Psalm 69, verse 30. I will praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. Did you know when you give thanks to God, when you have an attitude of gratitude, you glorify him. You put him in a special place. Psalm 95, verses 1 to 3. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is a great God, the great King above all gods. Isn't that a wonderful exhortation? Let us sing for joy to the Lord. He's the rock of our salvation. Indeed, he is. We celebrate that every time we take communion. And what does it mean to be saved? Well, for a start, it means that we won't end up in eternity in that fiery pit with the devil and the demons and all those people who refuse to believe in God through Jesus Christ. Instead, we will have an eternity in heaven with other believers and with Jesus and with the angels. I was listening to Andrew Womack during the week. His current TV series is called A Better Way to Pray. And he was just saying that he thought it would probably take him at least two and a half million years before he got through expressing his gratitude to God for saving him. I happen to think we will be doing work in heaven, but I'll tell you what, where we're doing it, praise will be on our lips, gratitude will be in our hearts for what God has done for us. I'll extol him. I'll put him on a pedestal through music and song. Why? For the Lord is a great God. There is no God greater than him. He is the one who created the universe and it is by his breath that everything that lives indeed has life. If God should withdraw his breath, we would simply cease to be. We wouldn't decay. There would just be nothing. By his hand, 
the whole of the universe is upheld every nanosecond. This is the God in whom we believe, the great king above all gods. Another verse, Psalm 100, verses 4 to 5, and we quote verse 4 quite often here at Ignite Life Church. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. His love endures forever. And it endures across all time, across all cultures, across all circumstances. His love remains. Isn't that a reason to give him thanks and to give him praise? We fellowship with God. The psalm says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. So when you have a grateful heart, when you have an attitude of gratitude, when your whole thought processes and the words you speak and the things that you do reflect gratitude towards God for all he's done, then you're coming into his gates. And when you praise him, you come into his courts. In other words, gratitude and praising God bring you into his presence. So you want to know how to get close to God? You know, uh, from time to time, in fact, it's quite a common occurrence. People come to me and say, I don't feel that I'm close to God. Well, here's the way to get close to God. Cultivate gratitude in your heart and praise him. And it's almost like a law. It's a spiritual law. When you have thanksgiving in your heart, when you're a person of gratitude, and when you praise God, you actually come into his presence. So if you're in that situation today where for whatever reason, disappointment, sin, general circumstances, whatever it happens to be, if you're not feeling you've got that close connection with God, start practicing gratitude and begin to praise him. And it's easy to do. Just all you have to do is to start saying, I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. I thank you, Lord, for who you are. I thank you that you are the God of righteousness. You are the God of justice. You are a God of love. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you created me. Before anyone even knew I existed, you cared for me. You numbered my days. You created a purpose for me, and I give you praise for that, O oh God. You can do it. You can do it. You can praise your way from depression to happiness to joy. You have to open your mouth, put your brain into gear, and start speaking words of praise. Psalm 106, verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Another verse affirming that the love of God endures forever. And there are absolutely no ifs, buts, or maybes. God is love. It is his nature to love. He cannot help but love. And because God is eternal, so too is his love. 
He will never turn away from love. No matter what you feel, no matter what people say about you, no matter what sin you have committed, past or present or even in the future, God's love will endure. Nothing, nothing can separate you from his love. There's nothing in your experience. There's nothing in your circumstances. There's nothing in your future that can stop him loving you. Psalm 107 verses 21 to 22. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love. There we have it again. His love endures forever. His love is unfailing. And his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice thank offerings and tell of his works with songs of joy. You wonder why we do some praise and worship at the beginning of Sunday Connect? It's because God loves to hear our song. He loves to hear our songs of joy. He loves to hear it when we praise him. He loves to hear it when we're singing songs of thanksgiving. He loves to hear it when we're singing songs that are built upon the wonderful truths of his word. Psalm 118 verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. That's a repeat of Psalm 106 verse 1. You know, when something's repeated in the Bible, I reckon God is trying to make a point. He's trying to get something through our thick heads. <laughs> His love endures forever. Psalm 147 verse 7. Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp. That's almost like an electric guitar, but not quite. And I'm sure if it was written today, you know, God loves it, loves to hear the music that he's played, all kinds of music. He loves it when someone's playing an organ, an old foot, you know, an old pedal organ. He loves it when someone's playing a sophisticated guitar. He just loves it. You know why? Because he was the one who created music in the first place, and he loves it when we... Um, dedicate our songs to him when we dedicate our music to him you see he's our dad he's our dad i can remember you know when i was a small kid i wanted to be a hero you know you used to watch heroes on tv and i thought that's what i want to be when i grow up and um i especially you know like the cowboy heroes so i saw myself on a horse you know and i was going to be this wonderful hero and i was going to rescue people but let me tell you what i i am a hero maybe not now i was a hero i can tell you when i was a hero i was a hero when my children were about two three four five years of age i was their hero <laughs> and, and and you see every time they affirmed me They'd run to the door when I came home from work. Daddy, daddy, daddy. They'd cuddle me, you know. Well, see, our heavenly father is like that. You know, he loves it when we come to him. He loves it when we come to him. He loves it when we come to him and say, you're a good, good father. I thank you for all that you've done for me. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that your love for me endures forever. I thank you that there is nothing that can ever separate me from your love. Nothing in my past, nothing in my present, nothing in the future that is to come can ever separate me from your love. I thank you. I thank you, Father. I love you, my heavenly Father. Thank you. 
thank you. Thank you for walking with me daily. You know, just this last week, I, I had to do my, my final submission for my ordination as a, as a pastor, for my full ordination as a pastor within the ACC movement. And uh, one of the questions they asked, well, well, how many hours each week do you? And then it talked about Bible study. And then there was this one for prayer. And I sat there and I thought, how many hours a week do I pray? Well, it's not much. I wrote two hours. Now, look, I don't even know whether I'm kind of, you know, on my knees, hands together. Dear Heavenly Father, I don't do that very often, but I want to tell you this. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that the Holy Spirit is with me always. And I simply talk to the Holy Spirit. You know, I have a close shave on a roundabout. I say, thank you, Lord, that I didn't have an accident. I thank you, Lord, you're protecting me today. I pray, Lord, blessings on that person. Father, help them stay alert so they don't cause an accident somewhere else. Often, you know, if I'm driving at around 8 o'clock in the morning, I see quite young children walking to school on their own. I just say, Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, that there's an angel with that child right now, and that child is 100% protected from any kind of harm or accident. Yesterday, we saw a triple rainbow in the sky over um, Upper Coomera. And, and, and we just looked at that thing and said, oh, Heavenly Father, thank you for the promise you made after the great flood that you'd never do anything like that again. And then, you, you know, God, you, you spoke the Adamic blessing to Noah. You gave Noah the same blessing that you gave Adam. In fact, the only thing that is missing is the word subdue. And I think there are good horticultural reasons for that, but we won't go into that today. But the Noahic blessing, almost identical word for word to the blessing that was given to Adam. You see, that's the blessing we're under today. And, and, and the rainbow is God's rainbow. And we saw three of them piled one atop the other yesterday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyway, you know, it's very, very hard for me to answer a question like that. How many hours each week do you pray? Because I don't shut myself in my office and say, well, for the next two hours or three hours or 40 minutes or whatever, that's what I'm going to be communicating with God. I, I do it all the time without ceasing. That's the kind of God we have, you see. You don't see Adam and Eve setting aside a particular time of the day to pray. What you see is at the end of each day, God is with them. He's just walking around the garden, talking with them. And I really believe that that's what God wants to do with us today through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us 24-7. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can reject the Holy Spirit. But we have the right attitude. The Holy Spirit is right with us. And he will give us wisdom. He will give us words to say. He will give us um, actions. It, you know, he wants to lead us through our lives. Sing to the Lord with grateful praise and make music to our heart. Well, let's move on to some New Testament scriptures now. Um, where am I? Some New Testament scriptures. I might have missed out on the whole page here. Just let me, still getting used to um, these backed pages. Hallelujah. But I don't want to spend money on uh, printing paper that I don't have to. Hey, let's have a look at... Um, one final scripture from the Old Testament. This is from the book of Daniel, another prophet. Daniel chapter 2, verse 23. And this is a personal, a personal 
a thank you to God for something he did for Daniel and his friends. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. So here we have an example of someone expressing their gratitude for a specific action of God. In this case, God had revealed to Daniel and his friends the meaning of a dream that the king had. Let us move on to, to the New Testament. From Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 to 20. This is really good advice uh, for Christian living. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, not some alcoholic spirit, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there you go. There you go. Don't, don't worry about partying. You can get a much better high through the Holy Spirit than you ever can through alcohol or drugs. Be filled with the Spirit. And then speak to one another. Exhort one another. Build one another up. Speak with psalms. That's, that's poetry. Hymns. That's singing. That's basically poetry put to music. Songs from the Spirit, that's all about tongues. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. And we know that in all things, God works for our good. So sing to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7 do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So here you go, the, the antidote to anxiety in every situation is to go to prayer with thanksgiving, and then we're promised the peace of God as a result. And I don't know whether you pay a lot of attention to the way in which I pray. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But I almost always start prayer with thanksgiving. You know? It's like, you know, you see on sit sitcoms sometimes. A, a, a teenager will come to their parent, usually their dad. They want some money out of their dad. So what do they do? They flatter their dad first, right? Then they ask for the money. <laughs> well, it's not quite like that, but, but the invitation is here. You know, Say thank you for what I have and then present your need. And oftentimes, you know, your need will not seem as great when you list all of the things for which you are grateful. Uh, let me move on now to Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 7. So then, just as you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, 
and overflowing with thankfulness. Overflowing with thankfulness. Oh, wow. Live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him. To do that, two things you need. You need always to be focusing on the word of God and practicing relationship through the agency of the Holy Spirit. Overflow with thankfulness. You can never overdo it, right? You can never be too thankful. You can never have too much gratitude for what God has done. Colossians 3, verses 15 to 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So there you have it. Sing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Give thanks to God the Father through Jesus the Son. Colossians 4 verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And finally, I think finally. Nah, not finally. Nearly finally. 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 16 to 18. Rejoice always, praying continually, giving thanks in all circumstances. But this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, that's not saying your circumstances are God's will, but it is God's will that you would praise him and give thanks in all circumstances. So even if things are not going well for you, even if you're in pretty dire circumstances, the will of God for you is to give thanks. And notice that the translation says, give thanks in all circumstances, not for all circumstances. I know some Christians get that wrong and they think they should be giving God thanks for everything that happens to them. That's not what this is saying. But this says, in those circumstances, despite those circumstances, give thanks to God. Because if you've got nothing else to give God thanks for, you have eternal life. And you can give him thanks for that. Eternal life. There's only two alternatives, you see. There's the lake of fire, ultimately, or there is eternity in heaven with other believers, with the angels, with Jesus, with God, and with the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 12, verses 28 to 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Let us be thankful. Isn't this great? See, the kingdom, the kingdom of God cannot be shaken. As you know, right now, the kingdoms of this world are being shaken. They're being shaken initially by a microscopic organism that we've named COVID-19. Right? Social relationships, economic relationships have gone through a lot of upheaval. 
And now, of course, it's, um, there's, there's big challenges to law and order in some parts of the world. You see, the kingdom of America, it's being shaken. The kingdom of Australia is being shaken. But in the kingdom of God, there is no shaking. We're inheriting. We're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Hebrews 13 verses 15 to 16. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. I love that. This is my last scripture. Offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. I don't know whether you were counting, but there's 20 scriptures there. If you want to find more, you can go online. There are, there are other, um, you'll find websites that have got, you know, 42 scriptures on gratitude and that kind of thing. I, I just think it's, it's worth sometimes gathering together a whole bunch of scriptures about the same theme, or in this case, even about the same word, which is gratitude, and have a look and see what the word of God has to say. We're, we're happier beings when we maintain that attitude of gratitude. You can read any old book you like on positive thinking. By the way, the first ever book to be published of that uh, by that title was actually published by uh, an American pastor. And um, his publisher chose that name. So it wasn't something that came out of psychology or anything. It was something that came out of the word of God, positive thinking, the wonderful power of positive thinking. This is part of it. It's cultivating that heart attitude that says, you know what, Lord, I'm grateful. I am grateful. And if I've got nothing else to be grateful for right now, I'm grateful for the fact that you loved me so much that you were prepared to sacrifice your son, Jesus Christ, so that I might not suffer the punishment for sin, but that I might have everlasting life as a brother or as a sister of Jesus Christ, grafted into, adopted into the family of God forever. Well, thank you so much for being with us this morning. I do hope there was some encouragement and perhaps some challenge in that for you. It can take quite a while to sort of change your thinking if you're not really into that gratitude thing at this point in time. It's something you need to practice. It's something you have to cultivate, like you cultivate vegetables in a, in a vegetable garden. But guess what? You can do it. You can do it. And uh, as I say, at the very least, we can be grateful for the fact that Jesus Christ gave up his life in exchange for ours. God bless you. And uh, we will keep the, uh, the lines open for a little while.